Welcome to Caring Conversations, featuring the voices of those who care. With Brenda Blaze Nesbitt for caregiving.com. Hello, everyone. This is Brenda Blaze Nesbitt, and I am your host of Caring Conversations. In this season of Caring Conversations, we are following the journey of those caring for children with complex needs. We aim to enrich our listeners' understanding of what the lives of these caregivers look and feel like and how we might best support them. Today, we are speaking with Kate Hauk. Kate is the Executive Director of David's Refuge, a central New York-based organization that provides respite, resources, and support to parents and guardians of children with special needs or life-threatening illnesses. Kate joined the David's Refuge team in January of 2015 after a 10-year career working in various leadership roles with the Central and Western New York chapter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. Throughout her career, Kate has enjoyed the responsibility of leading creative and hardworking teams and seeing the magic transpire when a mission is connected to local leaders who care. The impact can be felt as it spreads across communities. Kate's greatest joy comes from her family. Kate is the proud mama to two children who are 13 and 11 years old. She is married to her husband, Paul, of 15 years after meeting each other at SUNY Cortland, where she earned her bachelor's degree in communications. Kate's favorite quote is a verse from a Carol King song, You're Beautiful. It says, you've got to get up every morning with a smile on your face and show the world all the love in your heart. Welcome, Kate. Thank you so much, Brenda. It's so exciting to be I'm here. I'm super excited to have you with us today. As you know, this season of Caring Conversations is about parenting children with complex needs. Even though you aren't a parent yourself of a child with complex needs, you provide something that is invaluable to those parents. When we met recently, I knew I had to have you on this show because not only do you have an incredible service, you have an incredible message to spread about supporting caregivers. So Kate, you've spent your entire career working to create respite, resources, and services for caregivers. What drew you to work in this role? It's something that has developed as a passion. After serving for 10 years as a director for the Muscular Dystrophy Association, And through that role, that organization is wonderful, and it really cares for uh, the person with muscular dystrophy, the child or the adult that is living with these uh, incurable muscle diseases. And so our work was poured into serving these wonderful people and hopefully giving them hope. And when I heard about David's Refuge, it was, it gave me pause because for 10 years, hadn't really thought about how we could come alongside the caregiver, the moms, the dads who are day in and day out dealing with the physical, emotional, mental, 
exhaustion that comes alongside being a mommy and daddy and then also providing full medical care to your child. And any caregiver, any parent does it because that's what you do. But through my 10 years at MDA, I started to think back about how many moms and dads I had seen go through really hard relationship struggles, divorce, just the inability to forgive themselves, to this living in a a place of guilt. And so hearing about David's Refuge, our founders had started this mission out of their own experiences. I was so excited to apply for this position and come into this organization because I knew how much it was needed. I know that caregivers feel like they're not seen and heard. And I knew that this organization and this mission was a way for us to really uh, provide a service that's so needed in our communities, in our country, and not in, in any country, in any place. So That is so incredible because you've hit the nail on the head with what caregivers need. So tell us a little bit more about David's Refuge, how it came to be, and what it is for our listeners. So a lot of times when people hear about what David's Refuge is, is they look at me and they say, what, really? Especially caregivers. They'll say, Kate, are you serious? You want it? You're going to do something for me (laughs) because it's just unheard of. And so David's Refuge started uh, by our co founders, Warren and Brenda Full. They actually have, they had a son named David who was diagnosed at age eight with an incurable rare disease called Batten's disease. And so they did what any mommy and daddy would do, and they provided love and care for David as and their other two boys as his disease progressed. And for 13 years, he battled this disease. And they, after David passed, they look back at what had really gone on in that time and how much the community had actually come alongside them. And Warren was a pastor of a church, a large church here um, in central New York. And he knew that a lot of what had gotten him and Brenda through some of those hardest moments was the fact that other people were willing to push in and that they openly accepted the help of other people and the love of other people. So a year after David passed away, Warren and Brenda had this beautiful idea. They were literally sitting in their hot tub and they had built this beautiful home that had a wing that was built for David, thinking that he would live until, you know, into his 40s. And he actually passed away just before he's turned 21. And they had all this space in their home that was a large nurse's station, a large bathroom and a bedroom for David. And it was partitioned from their home with a sliding pocket door. And they had this beautiful idea to start to welcome moms and dads who were caregivers just like them into their home for extravagant and overnight, a beautiful experience to remind them that they were not alone, that what they do in caring for their child matters, and that God in this community loves them. So this entire concept was birthed right in their home on their own dime. They converted their home into a five-star bed and breakfast. And in the first year, 43 couples came through the doors of the starting point of David's Refuge. So they knew right then and there after that first year 
that this was something that was needed. This was all word of mouth and parents were coming and Warren and Brenda were seeing the impact, not just of them finding the opportunity to give moms and dads just like them the rest, but they also were giving them the opportunity to sit across from another couple who had walked the walk and they had the ability to say, you are not alone in this. All the feelings that you're having, the exhaustion, we get it and we want you to know that we are here for you. And it was that layer on top of the actual rest that really was the start of something so magical that still exists now today, 10 years later. (laughs) That's amazing. It actually, it brings tears to my eyes because to be on the receiving end of that would be just incredibly magical. But not only that, to be on the giving end of that had to fill them with so much purpose and had to really fill their hearts that they were still honoring David in every way that they could. And it's so what true. an incredible mm-hmm. gift for them to give to other caregivers. And the fact that it's still going. And I'm just excited to talk more about this. Now, for those listeners who might not know, what do you mean by respite? What does the word respite mean in relation to caregivers? I know back in the beginning, it was a foreign word to me as well. Absolutely. That's such a great question. So we don't serve caregivers in Ward and Brenda's home anymore. That was just for the first year. And then it got so big, so fast that we now utilize bed and breakfast locations and hotel locations and parents who apply for our respite overnight service actually get to go away to these beautiful locations. They get two nights, all expense paid. Uh, they get dinner, they get beautiful breakfast. And pre-COVID, this is one of the hardest parts, but pre-COVID, they would have a great opportunity to sit around the breakfast table with other moms and dads on the same journey and really share experiences, share feelings and thoughts and emotions. And so for us, respite means an actual chance to get away from your home, (laughs) check out. And a lot of caregivers will say, Kate, I can only get away for one night. And believe me, I understand how hard it is for a parent who has a medically complex child to get away. I mean, it's virtually impossible. And I, I do know that. But what we found and what our founders knew from the beginning is one night is great, but the real healing and the real feeling of self-rest and self-care happens when you get that entire second day and that second beautiful breakfast with a bunch of people who you've now met for two days. And that's where you really start to feel the importance of self-care and see the impact and the shift in what it can do for you as a caregiver when you put your oxygen mask on. So that is what respite means when we say that word. And it's something that really does have a profound impact. And I think, gosh, it's only two nights, but it's an incredible journey when a caregiver can actually take a break for two days and get away from all of it and sit in the silence, and then also have the ability to meet other people, it does make 
a profound impact. Absolutely, it does. I have experienced respite myself, and unfortunately, COVID has changed all of it. You've touched on that. Can you tell us how COVID has impacted the respite Mm -hmm. program through David's Refuge? Yeah, so we did have to pull back our actual overnight programming for a few months in the thick of COVID last year. And it was heartbreaking. You know, we had to call around 80 couples or single parents and tell them that we had to cancel because keeping our moms and dads safe was our number one priority. So we hope to not have to do that again. But instead, you know, when parents had to cancel their respite weekends, we instead added new services. So we increased our virtual offerings. We increased our support groups. We increased our parent night out meal program. So we literally just gave all of our families the ability to get a meal for their family. We gave them all $50 to get a meal. And we delivered care packages twice through the pandemic to over 400 caregivers. And they were little beautiful reminders of taking just a moment. We put bubbles in there because you have to take a deep breath to blow bubbles. And it was all these little things that you don't need to go to an extravagant spa to feel the benefits of taking care of yourself, even just for a second, to take a breath. And so we knew that it had to change, but we also knew there were ways we could still remind caregivers of our mission. And so we just kept thinking of new ideas and pumping them out. And a lot of those new ideas are things that we will continue to do in addition to our respite service. That's awesome. I love the idea of the care packages. So many services just fell right off the rail when COVID hit. And I love that David's Refuge didn't let that happen and that you still put the the parents first and found ways to connect with them. Caregivers connecting can be a bit of a challenge sometimes. Social media and Facebook groups has definitely helped with caregivers connecting. But in a lot of situations, there's barriers like patient confidentiality, for example. How do you eliminate that barrier for your parents, for them to connect? It's such a key aspect of support. One of the best ways, and you mentioned it, that we have found caregivers connecting is through a closed Facebook page that we actually have. And right now there's somewhere around 900 caregivers that are part of that group. And we love it. Our team started it within our office. We said, hey, let's do a Facebook group. I wonder if anyone will participate. And now it's become the number one place for any caregiver who's interested in joining our community. They can immediately find resources and support through that group. But we are also small enough that if we know there's a caregiver that's really struggling, we will actually call upon um, some of our key volunteers that we call our caring team, and they will reach out. So we have a group of volunteers who are extremely close to our mission and trusted that they are caregivers themselves. They've been through David's Refuge. They now want to help, and they feel empowered to help others on the journey. 
And we actually have those caring team members call out to all of our guests. So throughout the year, we have extra touch points so that we're kind of always keeping our eye on our community in the best way that we can and encouraging people to reach out and say, hey, we're really struggling. We post uh, requests for prayer requests every month on our Facebook page because we want to know that's a great way for us to get a pulse of what's happening. So as far as connecting people, we really do our best to make those connections possible, to make them feel organic and make people feel welcome to give us a call. Every single one of our caregivers has access to my personal cell phone. We're a community of people. I never, ever want to think about a caregiver who's really struggling. And I never want to think that that person doesn't know that they are actually not alone. And to us, I think that's the biggest piece. How can we just be constantly here and available on top of all of the events we do and the actual respite weekends that provide these opportunities for caregivers to meet other people? I've had moms, Brenda, say, Kate, I met my other mom person, the person who I can call in the middle of the night. I met her on my respite weekend. You know, and these are two moms. One's from, they live three hours apart. They would have never met if not for an event that we did or a respite weekend. And now they have another person who truly gets it because caregivers are always saying, Kate, no one really gets my life, my family, my friends. No one actually gets it. And now I have a person in my life who gets it. So yeah, it's all about relationships and that's something I'm always thinking, how can we do better? People yeah, it's connect. so important that you recognize that that is so needed among parent caregivers. We may have friends with typical developing children or teenagers or with me now, I have friends who have their own children who've gone on, graduated, post-secondary got married, have their own kids. And I'm still 28 years later caring for my child in my home. It can be really tough to mm-hmm. open up to those friends who don't get it. Those friends who don't have to do needle pokes or catheterizations or worry about breathing issues, suctioning, all of the medical feeding tubes. And to be able to reach out to somebody else who can relate to what you're going through, it eliminates that whole process of reaching out for help and having to explain why you need the help or why you need that shoulder to lean on. That is eliminated from the conversation because the other caregiver you're connecting with just gets it. Yes. You don't have to explain anything, right? And that can be exhausting in and of itself right off the bat. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's interesting too, we're exploring a new concept where we're actually trying to capture the differences and the similarities of caregivers and parents in general, but typical parents and parents of children with special needs. And some of the concepts are just what you're talking about. It's being invited to sleepovers. How can we grow awareness within both populations of people? We don't want to separate. We actually want all the people to be able to come together so that you can talk to any parent and you don't have to explain it all because 
all of our lives are different and we're all on these different journeys, but maybe we can just grow the awareness for where we do have common ground. And so sleepovers, planning for the future, college, even changing diapers, it's growing awareness within all parents to say, you know what, just because your journey is different, like you still want to talk about your journey, just like I talk about my journey. And so we're actually really exploring that concept quite a bit. That's really awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah. Who is eligible for David's Refuge? Do they need to live in New York? So you do not need to live in New York. We serve quite a few caregivers from outside of the state. We're actually just this next year going to launch a program where caregivers will have the opportunity to book their own respite. So we're going to have, you know, the largest number of availability will be a program like our tried and true respite weekends. And then we're going to have a set number where parents from anywhere can go on their own respite weekends. So maybe they have a place that they can't drive very far, but they can still get away. And so that's going to open up the eligibility and the opportunity for respite for many more caregivers. And it really doesn't matter where you live. So we are looking at that as a new way to serve parents that don't live right here. Yeah. (laughs) I'm cheering. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure that's relief for Um, all the caregivers who are listening right now. And We will give contact information at the end of the show, how you can learn more about it. But I know that there's so much that David's Refuge offers. And can you tell me more about some of the other services? Yes, I would love to. So respite is just one piece of our services. So the other two um, main areas that we focus on are community and wellness. So our community piece, really, it's changing by the minute with COVID, I have to admit. But typically, we will offer at least 12 different year-round activities and events that caregivers can actually, and their families can participate in. So what this does is builds into that relationship piece of being truly happy and content as a human is to build relationships. And it also helps parents and families build confidence So when we have an event, it may be something like a a Cookies with Santa event, for example. Our Santa that we bring into the event is trained to work with children of all abilities. So he knows how to read a communication device or speak to Danny, who has his wish list on his computer. He sits on a couch that's longer so that kids with more challenges with sensory who don't want to sit on Santa's lap, they can distance themselves. So our Santa's trained. Oh my goodness, this is amazing. (laughs) Yeah, so our hope is that we can get events like that back up and running. And then what COVID has taught us in a good way is we can always stream those events and have them simulcast on our social media platforms so parents from anywhere in the country can tune in. Last year, we did an interview with Santa, you know, not to get too Santa crazy, but we did an interview with him. So kids from home could just talk to Santa and send in their wish list. So we'll continue to think of more ways to touch all the families. And then in addition, our wellness is really a part of our David's Refuge programming that we're building. Right now, we um, actually offer mental health counseling to all the caregivers within our community. So parents who need it are eligible for three sessions with a mental health counselor. And then we also do a support group for typical siblings. 
that's a group of kids who we've learned through our parents that really do need support. And so we do a special group just for typical siblings. So that's a really exciting offer wow. too. That I'm- <laughs> wow. There yeah. is so yeah. much. And I, I'm i just so excited to find out about your service. And I know our listeners will be too. One question comes to mind. You offer so much and it started from the generosity of the founders. How is this funded? <laughs> So we are funded by individuals and businesses and foundations. You don't expect that you might be caring for your child into adulthood or that you might be performing all of these medical procedures. We do a few key fundraisers every year that really support what we're trying to accomplish. But it is incredible the amount of support that is given to David's Refuge because the mission is something that everyone can truly understand. The reality is that all of us will either be cared for or be a caregiver in our life. And when you say that to someone, it's very easy to understand how hard it is because even me as a typical mom, I know (laughs) if my kids are sick, Or at any moment, my life could change because those are the stories and the families I see. So we all know how delicate life is, how quickly any of us would be thrown into the role of a caregiver and have to drop everything to care for the person we love. And so I think that that is what continues to drive this mission forward and It's the ripple effect is what keeps me going. I mean, honestly, when I think about serving a caregiver, empowering them to remember that they can keep going and that they can do it, and then what is the ripple effect that happens when you start to see that caregiver feel empowered again and feel like they can do it and giving them the ability to start to see the silver lining in their really challenging situations could we be the catalyst for some of that change? So when you tell the story and you keep telling the mission and you keep getting it out there, people keep coming to show up for us and keep the mission moving. So we're very for those fortunate. listeners who might be interested in helping David's Refuge, what is David's Refuge's mission? Yeah. So our mission is to provide respite resources, and support to parents of children with special needs or life-threatening medical conditions. The more exciting piece is that our vision is to become nationally recognized as a community that is working to empower caregivers to lead their families with strength and grace. And I know it seems simple, Brenda, but it's not not. because empowering, we all want to be empowered. We all want to feel like we're doing the best and we're showing up in the best way for our families and our kiddos. So that is what we work towards every single day. It's beautiful. (laughs) And I just love that you are there for caregivers. It's really important to open ourselves up to that help, whether it's getting away for a weekend and putting yourself first or allowing people to come into your home and helping do some of those tasks because I don't want my daughter to associate me with all the poking and prodding all the time. 
And it really affects your relationship with your child to be able to talk to somebody else who gets it, to have an organization like yours that supports caregivers and the need for their respite and the understanding of how difficult it is. I'm so, so happy, so happy that David's Refuge is there for caregivers. What kinds of events do you have coming up for our listeners that might be interested? If you watch our Facebook page, so if you find us on Facebook, everything we do and promote is right through there. But we are going to be really creating a platform and continuing to grow. This has been wonderful to learn so much about David's Refuge. Is there anything else you would like to tell us? When you were talking before, it reminded me of something a caregiver said to me once. And she said, Kate, all I hope to do is live one day longer than my child. Because the thought of leaving your child to the care of someone else, this fragile person (laughs) that you have poured your entire life into. And I will never forget. I will never forget her saying that. And so it's that level of of pain at times, of concern that, you know, I think we all got a baby itty bitty glimpse into with COVID, this fear, this isolation. And this is the life that the caregivers that we serve at David's Refuge and those that we don't serve yet live every single day. So I just want caregivers to know that we see you, we are here for you, And no matter where you live, you can join our Facebook community. You can find our office. You can give us a call. You can connect with other caregivers. And we want to continue growing this mission so that we can tap into the huge needs out there. So just know that you're not alone. Know that we see you, that we love you, and that you're doing a great job. Okay. That just brings tears to my eyes. I can so totally relate to that parent who said that. Absolutely. 100%. I will never forget. And I think our biggest fear is leaving this world before they do. Yeah. So it's really, really important for caregivers to do all that they can to take care of themselves so that they can take care of their child. And also for caregivers to accept the help. There is help out there. And we need to open ourselves up to accepting that help. I have some really, really incredible key people who help me with my daughter. And you know what? My life is enriched because they're in it. Allowing people to come into your life and to help you is difficult, but it is invaluable. My daughter's day program and her overnight respite program has been closed since the start of COVID. So there's not been a moment of of respite for me in the last year and a half. So I love that you have opened up the opportunity that you want to go nationally and that you've opened up the opportunity for parents to define their own way of getting respite or to find a place that's local that they might be able to get to and it might be easier for them to get that time for themselves. Right. Because that's the important piece is taking the time. You're so right in that 
you getting away, although we know it's so hard and it takes such a level, it takes bravery. Honestly, it takes a lot of bravery to say, I can leave. I can leave my child for a day or two and they're going to be okay. And we don't take that for granted. We know how hard that is. But then when you do it, you also understand that your child can thrive with other people. And that's such an important piece. We've had parents come they say, Kate, we haven't left our child for 13 years. I mean, it's just, and then to see that now they can leave their child and, and it all went okay, you know, and nothing fell apart and they felt space and restoration and now can come back and, and accept more and see the silver lining more and celebrate the small victories just a little bit more. And now they become involved in our year-round activities and they start to come out in the community more. And they, all of these ways that they're now on this path to feeling empowered again. And their marriage maybe is better yeah. too, which is a great piece. So I think for a lot of parents who are caring for their children have also lost the sense of joy in their lives because they're constantly bombarded by, particularly by health professionals with what is wrong, what their child can't do, what their child will never be able to do. And the focus is always on the negative, never on the positive. It's really hard to maintain a sense of positivity when you're constantly bombarded with reminders of what is wrong. And it's allowing them to find joy outside of that for themselves. And opening themselves up to joy will also allow them to see the joy in their circumstances once they do come back. Right. Yeah, we had a dad once. He's a single dad. And he said that in his comment card. He said after his weekend away that he was given the permission by the other people on the weekend to laugh again. And he had actually felt that he wasn't allowed to laugh anymore. And it's right. So you're completely right in that finding joy. And some days it feels impossible to find joy. Seeing even the tiniest little glimpse of hope smushed between all the rest of the things and the challenges and the weight and the burden of what's on a caregiver's mind day in and day out but just finding the tiny glimpses. It's like the light shines through the cracks. You have to have the cracks. You have to have the imperfection. And then you also have to be willing to let the light shine through, you know, which is those little glimpses of hope. So we've had a lot of caregivers say, we're so excited that because of all of this, that we maybe at one point thought was going to be really hard and it is hard, but parenting is hard. But look, we now we're part of David's Refuge. We would have never met you and the team and all these other caregivers if our son or daughter was never diagnosed or if we never went through this. So those are the ways I think to look at it. And I remember a caregiver saying when they left the hospital that they were in the same boat as you, just, just overwhelmed with the laundry list of things that their special little guy was gonna need in leaving the hospital. And they looked at the doctor and they said, okay, what, what now? Like, what's going to happen? 
And she said the doctor changed the entire trajectory of the way they're parenting their special guy. And he said, you tell me. And she said, it was from that moment on that they said, okay, like we are going to choose. We are going to choose the way this story goes. And no one is going to tell us that he isn't perfect. And yeah, it's going to be hard, but anyone leaving the hospital with a baby, it's going to be hard and and we're going to get through it. And she said that doctor changed their perspective. She's so thankful for him. And we never forget those ones ever. Right. Right. This has been such a wonderful conversation, Kate. I'm sure we could talk forever. But what I really want to do now is have you tell the listeners how they can get in touch with David's Refuge, how they can find you, website, social media, everything. Great. You got it. So really the easiest way is davidsrefuge.org. And that's a way that you can find our guest application. You can donate to our mission and help us keep this program, all the programs we do going. We are also on all of the different social media platforms. So by searching David's Refuge on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn, you can find our our sites and our pages and you can like them and become part of our community through those pages. So please find us, please reach out. We have a great contact me form on our website as well. So people who might want to get in touch with any of our staff Um, You can fill out the form and then we will definitely be in touch. Those are the best ways to reach us. Wonderful. Kate, I truly appreciate all that you and David's Refuge are doing for us parenting caregivers. It touches my heart that people and organizations like you are out there and have our backs in our journeys. Well, thank you, Brenda. Thank you for having me today. You're so welcome. Thank you for being with us. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Caring Conversations. Proudly sponsored by Coaching for Caregivers Canada. For more information about the podcast, resources, and how to reach out to Brenda or our guests, we welcome you to visit caregiving.com slash caring conversations or find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Mm